amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future, I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you and good night. I love you.
What a song. What a song. Happy Thursday, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sodder Show. I'm Rory Sodder, your host. It is great to be back with all of you. I have missed you all since Tuesday night. We had fantastic shows on Monday and Tuesday. Great flow, perfect rhythm, excellent guests, terrific dialogue, everything you could want in a show. Uh, Just everything about it. Uh, We all resonate with one another, and we really never, never run out of things to talk about. And what is beautiful is the fact that we talk about things that the mainstream media doesn't talk about or they spend very little time on. So I'm glad we can shine the light. And, uh, you know, I always listen to past episodes, and they get better and better. You know, we, we, it gets more powerful and powerful. You know, you see a lot of shows that continue on, and, you know, as they, as they keep going, they get worse. You know, with us, it just keeps getting better. You know, so thankfully, we're not one of those shows that jumps the shark, thankfully. Um, you know, I was, I was listening this week on – various channels to some of these uh, independent podcast hosts and, 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 you know, radio hosts. And I'll tell you, you know, obviously these people are on a somewhat of a smaller scale than me. I mean, you know, a lot of these people are starters. I've, I've been in it for almost two years, but I mean, I'm listening to in 25 countries now. So, you know, a lot of these people are just starting out, but I will say it's amazing how much talent there is. I mean, People are made for this. People are born for this. People, this is what some people are just, you know, natural talents at. And it makes me sad and a little upset that not enough talent is picked up. You know, we have so many of these people on these talk shows that are so boring and they have no talent. You know, they're, they're just annoying. And, you know, they're, it's, you know, it's like, I can't believe how many people get left out. Like I, I can't, I couldn't believe how, how good some of these people are. I mean, I love this business of radio. And you know, the reason I mentioned this, I wanted to mention this on Tuesday because it was national radio day, but you know, I, I just want to give all my um, appreciation to all these people that keep doing their thing and making their content and working, working their magic and grinding. I mean, this is, you know, to, to be, to be good and successful in this industry, you got to be consistent. You got to keep going. You can't stop. You can't take days off. You have to keep a pattern, a routine. It's part of the structure. But man, I tell you, it's um, the way it's evolving too, with with internet radio and all these online platforms and how people can you know market very well to get their show to all these different places. I'll tell you a lot of opportunity. Anyways, just kind of. Sorry about the little side talk. I just it was on my mind. You know, I just wanted to give a shout out uh, for National Radio Day. Um, like I do every episode, I want to thank my audience, my guests, my co-hosts and sponsors. You are all incredible. The show is listened to in 25 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, visit my media site, the next, N-E-X, gen, G-E-N, USA.com. Also remember, starting next month, I will be releasing the new 24-7 media network. Uh, many big names doing their own shows. Sheriff Joe Arpaio, America's Top of Sheriff, good friend of mine, will be the main face of the network, along with 
Another good friend of mine, director of Jihad Watch, Robert Spencer. So stay tuned, everybody. We will be getting that released. We've raised a, we're raising a lot of money for it. And, we, you know, we already have. So it's, it's a very successful entity, I will say. All righty. Big, big couple days in the news. We've got a lot to get into tonight. Uh, I will welcome to the show uh, founder of Republicans United, founder of College Republicans United, and currently the leader of Nationalists United, Kevin DeCiper. Kevin, how are you? I'm doing very well, Rory. I'm always grateful that you have such a platform, and you're saying things that no big media uh, group will, will ever say, and uh, I can't believe how uh, much you're going to grow, and I really do think that the next gen USA will be the next generation of, of independent media, and uh, I'm so looking forward to it, and I'm uh, glad you do what you do, Rory. Thank you, my friend. Well, I really appreciate the kind words. Uh, always great to have you here. Uh, I would also like to welcome to the show, um, I believe we have him now, Popular talk show host, Desert Storm veteran, columnist, and activist, Eric Thompson. Eric, how are you? Great. Uh, thanks for having me on again. Absolutely, man. Well, always great to have you here. Uh, also, I think we have on the line, uh, let's see here, just looking through the notes, evangelist, motivational speaker, activist, and best-selling author, Sam Tully. Sam, welcome back. How are you? Good, Rory. How are you doing? Doing very well. Well, great to have you here, sir. Always a pleasure. Definitely a lot to talk about tonight. Amen. Looking also forward. would like to welcome to the show, uh, doc, uh, let's see, I believe we have him, uh, doctor and Republic, Republican congressional candidate for the 13th District of Ohio, Dwayne Hennon. Dwayne, how are you? Welcome back. Uh, I'm doing terrific, Rory. Thanks for having me back. Uh, looking forward to tonight. Absolutely. Definitely a lot to talk about. And, uh, you know, somewhat in the middle of the show, you and I will catch up. Uh, we'll talk about what you've been doing, all that good stuff, what, what your plans are for your campaign. Um, sound good to you? Sounds great. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. All righty, everybody. Um, the opening story, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's really interesting it, it's like what I what I was saying the other night with with the media, you know. President Trump made the statement the other day that he is the cho- chosen one for the China deal. What the me- how the media took it is they thought he was saying he's the chosen one, as in the Messiah, you know, as as in that, as in that factor, you know, and it's not, he, he, if you listen to the whole thing he said, and we'll play it here in a second, he said the chosen one for the China deal, but what does the media do? They cut up half that clip and they just try to play him saying he's the chosen one. I mean, you can't make this up what these people do. These people and the way they twist this stuff to their audience, it's remarkable. It's unbelievable. You know, and everything he does in a day, they'll spin it. If it's, if it's good news with the president, they will spin it. Look at, look at the Greenland situation. He wanted to buy Greenland, you know, obviously because it's not being utilized properly. The, their economy, the, the Denmark, um, you know, I, they're, they're just – there's some work and, and some issues with Greenland. 
that Denmark is not dealing with. And Denmark has even admitted in the past that they don't care about it. There's been a lot of people, officials in Denmark and in situations where, you know, it's, it's almost like they were wanting to get rid of it. But since Trump asks, you know, they make this huge storyline about it and this deal, this whole big deal about it because the, you know, he cancels his trip and he had a, he had a valid reason to. The, the Denmark leader said to him, it's not for sale in a very snarky way, in a very snarky way, and did that knowing that the media would make a huge headline out of this. And, the, and they, the Denmark leader knew this was going to happen. They would make a huge story about this. Trump, they would try to make Trump look bad. You know, it's, it's, it's one thing after the other, like I've said many times. It's one thing after the other with these people. And with this whole Greenland thing, why not? What, why aren't you going to, you know, just allow talks with Trump? Why, why, because it's Trump? Is that why? We've known, we know that you've been open about it in the past. I don't know about selling it, but I know you guys were talking about, you know, it, it was in, it was, there were certain issues with it, and you guys didn't want to be in control of it and in charge of it. And there, there were things, there were things like this. I don't see I, I don't see the problem here. And I don't see why the big fuss. I really don't. You know, look at look at what Trump has done though. You know, let let's go back to him saying he's the chosen one. Let let's go back to this for a second. You know, let let's just say he did say that. He did he didn't say he's the chosen one. He said he's the chosen one for China. But let's just say he did say he's the chosen one. You know, I have I have said many times on this show. Trump is something straight out of the Bible. Trump has done things as, as our leader that nobody could do. And it's not even close. Trump has created the impossible. He's created a narrative that uh, is straight from, from heaven. I mean, I, you, you look at what he's done and how he's fulfilled on it's about 80% of his, his promises within like a three-year time frame. Most presidents, when they leave office, don't even fulfill 10% after eight years. Look at what Trump's doing, though. He's restoring all of our American traditional values. He's bringing God back, which is very important. We have the best economy we've ever, we've ever had ever. Lowest black unemployment, lowest Hispanic unemployment, lowest Asian unemployment, lowest female unemployment in history. We have the best trade deals ever. We're doing deals with countries that we never even thought of. You have the stock market breaking records constantly, and, it's not, and on days, we've seen days where it's the highest ever by a long shot. No leader has came close to giving those numbers. You look at our military is the strongest it's ever been. You look at there are more jobs now than there are people. I mean, just look at everything he's done, and I've said this many times. He's not only the savior of, the, of the, this country. He's the savior of the world. We now have talks with, 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 um, with North Korea, with Kim Jong-un. I mean, and that, don't forget, when he came into office, Obama's administration said that was the single biggest threat, Kim Jong-un and North Korea. Now we have them as our friends, for the most part. I mean, they, they want what Trump is, 
is, you know, spewing. They want that vacation real estate. That's what Kim Jong-un wants. He wants to make North Korea into a powerhouse. And that's just one example of how Trump negotiates, how Trump gets all these magical and lucrative deals for our country and restores peace. Don't forget, Trump's been talking about negotiate, negotiate for 20 years. And, and he's utilizing it and putting it, you know, in, in use like, like nobody's ever seen before. You've got, you know, the, 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 this everything, factories, companies opening shop here for the first time. You know, having China pay for all the years of ripping us off. And what does Trump have to take every single day from the media? Constant hits, constant hits, constant hits. It never ends. I mean, this guy gets abused. He gets slandered, his family gets attacked, and he takes all the punches for us. And I'm, you know what? I'm just going to say that's very Messiah-like. If you look, and, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to, you know, compare him to Jesus, but if you, you want to look at Messiah tendencies, what did, Je- what did Jesus do? Took punches for us. Took insults for us. You know, it never stopped. Trump has more courage and more guts than anybody I've ever seen. This is a very hard job. You have to, I mean, do you realize what this can do to somebody's mindset, you know, with the wrong person, if they're not tough enough? It could ruin them. Trump is, is bulletproof. Nothing hurts this guy. And he keeps going, and he never does anything that's against our interests. He's not like every other scum politician from the past. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering here, you know, and, and look at what he's done for Israel. He's, done, he's the, probably the best leader Israel's ever seen in terms of what he's done for them. I mean, we have, we have you know, all these situations. You know, he's going to, I mean, if you're not, if you're not, if you're telling me this isn't Messiah-like, He's going to cure AIDS. He's going to cure AIDS, for God's sake. This is what he's saying, and he already has people working on it. Can you, can you imagine? I mean, these are tendencies of something out of the Bible. This guy is going way above and beyond on a daily basis for us. For us. And he's going to get that wall built. And look at what he's done for us with illegal immigration. He's putting a lot of them back. He's making, you know... You know, ice more more efficient, bigger. It's just it's things. He's taking action on things that nobody else has ever taken action on before. Space Force. People think it's funny. To, it sounds funny, but think about how evolved and how impressive that is. It's very impressive. You know, it's. <laughs> I mean, this is stuff that I never even would have thought of. And the veterans are, are being treated the best they've ever been treated, ever. Think about that. The most important people in our country are getting the best treatment ever. So I, you know what? You know, there, there's a name. There's a name for the president, and it's it it, uh, it's a, it has to be a very fancy name of of who he is and and how how much of a historical and I mean a lot. You know, 
A lot of people look at him like a godly figure. I mean, they do. They do. Let's just face it, guys. The stuff he does is can't be accomplished by everyday people. Very hard. Next to impossible. This guy took on the whole establishment, establishment media, took on the whole Republican Party, no experience in D.C. ever, and he comes in there and makes it look easy. It's like a robot, man. This guy's unbelievable. But going back to this Greenland thing, this is just another attack on President Trump. Same with this whole chosen one thing. He said he was the chosen one for the China deal, but what does the media do? They say he's the chosen one. He's trying to say he, he's Jesus 2.0. Which, you know, he's got, like I said, you know, he didn't say that, but he definitely has tendencies of, you know, something out of the Bible. Something, you know, I, it's, it's, it's amazing. It really is. And look, you know, I want to I recap a few things that he talked about in the media just in the past day. It's funny because, you know, we were just talking about the other night, um, I believe it was Monday night, we were talking about how Jewish Democrats are – you know, they, they, betrayed, they betrayed their country uh, by, by voting Democrat, American Jews. Just think, think about American Jews that vote Democrat. That's, they're voting for communism. They're voting for what killed millions of their people. And we were just talking about this the other night, how I can't understand, and neither could most on the panel, how 80% of Jewish people in America vote Democrat. It's absolutely ridiculous. And they say they care about Israel. Bullshit. You guys are voting for policies that are taking us back to the Hitler days. I swear to God the president listens to my show because the next day he's talking about this. It's crazy. It's just crazy. I'm just like, wow. Like I'm talking about it the night before, and then the next day he's talking about, you know, how, you know, Jews that vote Democrat, I mean, are, I mean, they pretty much are. They're, They're betraying their people. Think about it. So let's, let's play this quick real quick from Trump earlier today, and uh, then we will you know, play a few of these, and then we'll get everybody's thoughts. One for. Yesterday he said that, that Jews, American Jews who vote for Democrats are disloyal. To whom are they being disloyal, sir? And is that so, yeah. so I have been responsible for a lot of great things for Israel. Uh, one of them was moving the embassy to Jerusalem making Jerusalem the capital of Israel. One of them was the Golan Heights. One of them, frankly, is Iran. Iran is a very far weakened nation right now, much different. Hopefully something works out. We'll see if it happens, it happens. Wait a minute, wait, wait. No president has ever done anywhere close to what I've done between Golan Heights, Jerusalem, Iran, and other things. Excuse me, wait a minute, wait a minute. No president has done what I've done. We have a group, I call it AOC plus three. You could call the person Representative Talib. You could say Representative Omar. You could go any way you want to go. Uh, They are anti-Semites. They are against Israel. She had a plan to greatly embarrass Israel by going there with the, the fact that she wanted to see her grandmother. I assume that's true. I hope that's true. But it was very bad. Very bad. The things that she and others of that group and other Democrats have said. And they have become the face of the Democratic Party. And I will tell you this. In my opinion, the Democrats have gone very far away from Israel. I I cannot understand how they can do that. They don't want to fund Israel. They want to take away foreign aid to Israel. They want to do a lot of bad things to Israel. 
In my opinion, you vote for a Democrat, you're being very disloyal to Jewish people, and you're being very disloyal to Israel. And only weak people would say anything other than that. But sir, they're Americans first, no? I haven't heard anybody say that, just the opposite. I think that if you vote for a Democrat, we'll read the very, very disloyal to Israel and to the Jewish people. Yeah. Isn't that anti-Semitic? No, no, no. It's only in your head. It's only uh, anti-Semitic in your head. If you look at what Tlaib, Omar, uh, Cortez, if you look at what these people, I say, uh, if you just AOC plus four or plus three, if you look at what they say, they, what they, are, they are so bad for Israel, they are so bad for Jewish people. You take a look at the horrible anti-Semitic statements that they've made. You take a look at what they want to do to Israel. Take a look at the fact that they want aid, all of the aid, almost $4 billion, all of the aid cut from Israel. You take a look. You know what? The Democrats have to own it. And I say this, anybody that votes for a Democrat, they're voting for that. That's the face of your party. And that's very bad for Israel. All right, I want to play. I want to play this. Him talking about the chosen one statement from earlier today. One five. So, the fake news, of which many of you are members, is trying to convince the public to have a recession. Let's have a recession. The United States is doing phenomenally well, but one thing I have to do is economically take on China. Because China has been ripping us off for many years. President Clinton, President Bush, and President Obama, and others should have done this long before me. My life would be much easier, although I enjoy doing it, but my life would be much easier if I just said, let China continue to rip off the United States, all right? It would be much easier, but I can't do that. We are winning against China. They've lost two and a half million jobs in a very short period of time. They want to make a deal. It's got to be a deal that's good for the United States. When they want to make a deal, probably we will make a deal. But if I didn't do that, and I'm not doing this. Somebody said it's Trump's trade war. This isn't my trade war. This is a trade war that should have taken place a long time ago by a lot of other presidents. Over the last five or six years, China's made $500 billion. $500 billion ripped it out of the United States. And not only that, if you take a look, intellectual property theft, add that to it, and add a lot of other things to it. So somebody, excuse me, somebody had to do it. I am the chosen one. Somebody had to do it. So I'm taking on China. I'm taking on China on trade. And you know what? We're winning because we're the piggy bank. We're the one that all these countries, including the European Union, wants to rob and takes advantage of. European Union, $200 billion. China, more than $500 billion. Sorry. Uh, Sir, I was put here, do you believe you're the second coming of God? People, I was put here by people to do a great job, and that's what I'm doing. And nobody's done a job like I've done. Now, would China rather wait for a little more than a year and try and get sleepy Joe Biden to negotiate with instead of President Trump? Maybe, but I don't think so. You know why? They're losing too many jobs too fast. They had the worst year in 27 years. 
but I think it was actually 52 or 54 years. It's the worst year they've had in a half a century. And that's because of me. And I'm not proud of that, but you know what? They want to negotiate. And Sleepy Joe doesn't have a clue. Sleepy Joe said, oh, China's wonderful. Well, China is wonderful for China, but I'm wonderful for the USA. And just to clear up this entire Greenland situation, I want to play this clip him talking about this yesterday. One, one seven. Go to Denmark is it really because they wouldn't talk about selling Greenland? No, Denmark. I look forward to going, but I thought that the prime minister's statement that it was absurd, that was it, it was an absurd idea, was nasty. I thought it was an inappropriate statement. All she had to do is say, no, we wouldn't be interested, but. We can't treat the United States of America the way they treated us under President Obama. Uh, I thought it was a very uh, not nice way of saying something. They could have told me, no, this is something that's been discussed for many years. Harry Truman had the idea of Greenland. I had the idea. Other people have had the idea. It goes back into the early 1900s. But Harry Truman very strongly thought it was a good idea. I think it's a good idea because uh, Denmark is losing $700 million a year with it. It doesn't do them any good, but all they had to do is say, no, we'd rather not do that or we'd rather not talk about it. Don't say what an absurd idea that is. Sir. She's not talking to me. Excuse me. She's not talking to me. She's talking to the United States of America. You don't talk to the United States that way at least under me. Now, President Obama, when they wouldn't land, let him land in the Philippines, when they treated him so badly in so many places, the Philippines is one that comes to mind. That's different. That's different. They can treat him any way they want to. That's up to him. But they can't treat the United States with a statement, how absurd. And, you know, everybody, I... I we do. We are on a timer, so I'm going to get everybody's thoughts on the panel. But I, I do want to say first, you know, I'm going to play this quick clip, one more clip from Trump yesterday talking about ending birthright citizenship. But another Messiah tendency, you look at how he's protected our homeland and how he's gotten rid of all these ridiculous illegal alien policies and has put our citizens first. That's huge. You know, think about the crisis and think about the massacre that we were about to go through if a Democrat would have got elected in terms of overflow of mass migration, open borders, we would have not had a country left. Somebody had to sit, come with a strong backbone like President Trump. Somebody had to come in like that and save the day, and he did. He was here. This was God sent. There's no doubt about it, and it's about time that we get rid of the entire anchor baby situation. These people are nothing but problems. I mean, Trump's right. Uh, listen to this clip, though, 1-8. Well, if you remember, President Obama had separation. President Obama built the cells. He built the cages that you people always talk about and attribute them to me. President Obama, in 2014, built those cages. And you were very embarrassed when the New York Times, as usual, and others put a picture of a cage, and they said how bad Trump was, only to find out that it was President Obama that built those cages. So President Obama had separation. I'm the one that brought them together. This new rule will do even more to bring them together. But it was President Obama that had the separation. 
Well, we're being very strong on the border. You see, the numbers are way, way down. I want to thank, I want to thank Mexico for that. Uh, the United States could make your question could make that problem go away very easily if the Democrats would meet and we could fix the loopholes and asylum, which is what you're talking about to an extent. But let me just tell you, very much I have the children on my mind. It bothers me very greatly. People make this horrible 2,000-mile journey. One of the things that will happen when they realize the borders are closing, the wall is being built, we're building tremendous numbers of miles of wall right now in different locations. It all comes together like a beautiful puzzle. But one of the things that's happening when they see you can't get into the United States or when they see if they do get in the United States, they will be brought back to their country. It won't matter if they get in or not because we're doing that. Uh, they won't come and many people will be saved and many, many women's lives will not be destroyed and ruined. Yeah, so you see, guys, I mean, you know, he's, he's doing unbelievable things. Um, Kevin, we'll start with you. Go ahead. Oh, yes. Well, there's no doubt that President Trump is a powerhouse when it comes to all of our foreign policy. I mean, there is no doubt that he is the chosen one when it comes to the China trade. Uh, we've talked a lot about this on our channel before, and ultimately he's been a prolific and a huge precedent winning uh, our economy over from essentially Chinese tyranny. And China isn't just a, a great threat to us. They are a great threat to the world. And they are you know, looking to have this absolutely tyrannical domination structure economically and also forcefully, socially. I mean, they, they really are a threat and they are a very communistic. And uh, uh, Hong Kong is dealing with that firsthand at the moment. And uh, we, we really hope that uh, Hong Kong... Uh, embraces uh, more American-style uh, liberty than uh, communistic Chinese liberty or tyranny. So it's absolutely the case. He was elected by the Electoral College of America to be the chosen one and to enact these protectionist policies for America. And it's working out, and uh, the press is acting like hyenas, bloodthirsty vampires, uh, just trying to lunge at anything you know, Trump says to, to twist it and uh, you know, demonize him and you know, divide America as they do, as, as terrorists do. And it's absolutely the case that the Democrats are um, not benefiting you know, Jewish people or Israel in, in the slightest. And um, it, it's absolutely the case. They, they, don't want open, they want open borders for not just America, not just these westernized countries, but you know, Israel is no exception. And um, you know, that would be a, a huge uh, say thorn in the heel of uh, of Israel to to you know be swamp, swarmed by all these uh, you know Arab nations that do not want the anything good to come out of uh, the Jewish people and, uh, and that's exactly what the Democrats stand for and uh, they, they'll do whatever they can in order to penalize and uh, you know hurt the Jewish people's interests and uh, Trump is absolutely right about all of that and uh, it's absolutely the case as well that uh, he's being um, showcased by Israel for all this effort. Uh, he's going to be immortalized throughout time as, you know, you have regions of the, the Golan Heights that are named after him. And, um, you know, there's coins minted with his face on it. It's uh, absolutely prolific. So essentially, 
he really is a chosen one in some sense, but I, I won't go as far to say he's any uh, Jesus and, unless something metaphysical happens. But uh, absolutely uh, terrific. And uh, I really don't have much of a much to say about the, the Greenland uh, sale, but uh, I think it would be really nice to have a conservative, if that would be the case, uh, you know, addition to the Electoral College and uh, to, to, you know, improve our economy and maybe it'd be a nice place to live for some people. I don't know, but uh, I'd love to hear the, the rest of the panel's uh, thoughts on all of this. Absolutely. Now, well said as always. Uh, let's go to Eric Thompson. Eric Thompson, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, what we're seeing is just we're seeing people that want to stay in power. They want to increase in power. And so they're simply just trying to disparage the president on all levels. I mean, it it doesn't matter. Like you've said on the show and I've heard and I've said it on my show and you've heard it. You know, he could cure cancer, but um, they would say that he didn't do it the right way. You know, that um, he, you know, he uh, negotiated with China, but you know what? He could have got one half of one quarter percent better if it would have been, if he would have been not so crazy. Uh, you know, they've got uh, Biden's uh, psychologist had to, or brain surgeon or surgeon had to come out and say, Joe's not crazy. I mean, so you, you, you're just, you have a mob of people. Now, when it comes to Greenland, what, what's it, it, Greenland to me is, is symbolic of President Trump's time in office, that he's looking to expand the United States of America. He's not looking to defend and, and try to only deal with our immediate situation. He's trying to expand our abilities, get more resources for the future, because his policies, just like trying to get rid of the, the anchor baby situation, those all have to do with fixing the immediate, but also setting our country up for success. And that's what you do in business. You have your short-term, long-term, and then obviously your 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 exit strategy or whatever it's going to be. But I uh, I don't really think at this point that we're ever going to see anything different. It's just a matter of will the older generation of conservatives will there be enough of them to offset? the effects of the rhinos, the illegal, the illegal votes, and some of the college kids that are voting simply because of gender or because of, of free stuff. So that, uh, but everything is, everything's a mess in DC, but president Trump is pushing on. And as, as somebody that, that wasn't a supporter of his, but now has been, I'm very happy with uh, what he's been doing in office. Yeah, I agree. No, very, very well said as always. Uh, let, let's go to uh, Dr. Hennig. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, yeah. I think um, you know everything that's been going on has just been uh, kind of lunacy on the left. Um, the left is always pushing the narrative to try to make him look bad. What he said, I don't have a problem with that. And you know, you know, being a former pastor, um, I would say, you know what? Um, I think he's right on the money with it. And I, he wasn't referring to himself as a Messiah, you know, as a savior of the world, as Jesus Christ. He was referring to himself as, hey, you know what? He is the one that can handle the deal with China. Um, you know, we've seen past failures just continue to go further and further with China and let them go further and further of taking advantage of us, same way with other trade deals. And, you know, you look at the USMCA, how he's uh, kind of turned that around, but yet we have a Congress that's just sitting there waiting to do nothing. You know, they're just sitting on their hands, not voting anything like that in, yet they want to criticize him on this. And, you know, we have the crazy news networks out there that they're going to take a shot wherever they can. Um, and, and as far as Greenland, 
you know, why, why wouldn't he bring up an offer like that, you know, to, to say, hey, you know, let's take a look at a deal. Um, would it be good for America? I, I believe it, it could be, you know, and, and, but it's something that would have to be talked about. You know, it would be something we'd have to look at as, as a nation and say, you know, what's in it for us? It's America first. Um, bottom line, it's America first all the way. No, I hear you. No, very well said. No, absolutely. And, you know, it, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, the guy does stuff that, I mean, it seems like impossible what this guy is capable of. I mean, he, he doesn't sleep, and it's, you know, he's always working for us. I mean, it's really a beautiful thing to watch, and I've never seen anything like it. Have you? Absolutely not. I mean, th- this is something that's uh, kind of a phenomenon, at least in my lifetime. You know, you don't see presidents that go out there day in, day out, just keep pushing, 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 especially against all odds. I mean, from the very beginning, it's uh, he said, you know, even re- some Republicans against him, you know, the whole Democrat Party against him, all of the media against him. You know, very few people yeah. taking his side, and it's time that, you know, come 2020, um, we need to flip the House back. Keep the the Senate strong, maybe make it stronger, and you know right. let, let's win some local seats in, across our country, and let's uh you know all work together for making our country great. Right, no, you're absolutely right. Very, very well said, um, Sam Tully. Sam Tully, go ahead. You know, all you need to do is look at a, a, a map of the world and see where Greenland is. Uh, Trump wasn't the first president trying to buy Greenland. The positioning in Greenland strategically would definitely be to our advantage. Uh, although everybody has rocket capabilities of going around the world, just look at the map. Greenland is sitting right at the top and at the middle. Uh, we can't lose with something like that. Now, we all know that the, uh, the press has been slamming Trump ever since they took him seriously. They've been trying to get rid of him. But the fact of it is, is this man is like... You know, Superman with kryptonite bouncing off of him because he has that fortitude to stand against it. But since they couldn't do the the Mueller thing and they're trying their big strategic race card thing again, but that's not doing any good. You go back and look at the pre-election when he was told, don't say this to those black folks in Detroit, when he says, what the hell do you have to lose? But see, black folks are tired of being treated like their children and being talked to in condescending tones. Trump asked them what the hell they got to lose, and he put up what he said. And folks are making money. As, as much as the, the, the Democrats and the media try to call him racist, they're, like I said, with the lowest black unemployment ever, with the lowest Hispanic unemployment ever, people can see they're making money. And if he, and if he is uh, what we would call racism or the racist, he's the kind of racist black folks want. Because those Democrats that love us have been keeping us down and impoverished and forever. And, and anybody that's paying the attention, particularly in the recent news, all these cities uh, where they got the homeless are run by Democrats, where people are urinating and defecating on the streets. And and, just, and it's not just Baltimore. We're talking about L.A. We're talking about San Francisco, where Pelosi's uh, the, the, the leader of the House runs. So, you know, there's a big constituency of black folks starting to uh, vote for Republican, and I think there's going to be a twice as many, if not more, come next election, and the Democrats are scared half to death. Well said. No, I agree with you. No, very well said. 
Um, I do want to go to – let's go to Leader of Black for Trump. We haven't heard from you in a while, my friend. How are you? I'm good, sir. How are you doing? Doing well, man. Obviously, you got some thoughts. Go ahead. Well, listen, I, I know that um, according to Isaiah chapter 45, that uh, Cyrus was the king of the European Gentiles, and he was called by God himself the savior of his people So and his anointed one. I know that Yahweh Ben Yahweh told me in 1984 when we walked past Trump and Yahweh shook his hand, they talked for a little bit, and he turned around and said, you see that man there, son? I said, yes, sir. He said, that's King Cyrus right there. He said, that's the man that's going to get us out of this crap because he's tired of this mess because his children don't have a chance. He can't even leave a legacy for his children because they're being overtaxed and, and, and over-regulated. Uh, and he said, that man there is vociferous bombastic, egotistical, and a warrior. And he would have to be like that to overcome these damn Democrats because Yahweh was absolutely against the Democrats, which is why they put him in jail. But he said, that's the one that's going to get us out. So he's going to run for president one day. When he does, we have to back him up. And everybody was wondering why I jumped behind him in 2011 when he didn't even run, but he announced it. I put my band behind him and put 30 black people behind him. And I was standing right next to him while he was speaking in Boca Raton at um, April 16, 2011. And 11,000 people showed up, and Trump was amazed. And I knew then who he was, and I told him then. I got the video of him saying, you knew back then, didn't you, son, in, in our later rallies up here in 2018. He said, you knew all along. You told me back then. Because he know I kept telling him. I've been saying to him, and like I told you, Rory, that's King Cyrus right there. You understand? He is the European that God used to save his people then, and he's using them now. And the Bible said when they see the two brethren stand together in unity, the people would rejoice. And the people is the king of this country because this country is by the people, for the people, of the majority of the people, which is the independent. Those are the ones we have to worry about because whichever way they go, win. So last time I stood with them with Blacks for Trump, and some other great people like Candace and all these other people stood with him, and we beat the hell out of him. And everybody thought we was going to lose. Everybody came at me on the night of the victory party. They would say, well, thank you, Michael, for everything you've done. And, you know, we know we couldn't win, but you did a good job, and we thank you. I said, we're going to win this. They were shocked. They were so shocked that at the end of the, after Trump won, Kellyanne, I got the video of us, and you were right. Oh, my God. We won! We won! I said, I know damn well we won, because y'all said, all I got to do is stand next to him. The independents see that. They know it's not going to be a race war, which is the only reason the independents vote for the Democrats, because they think the black man is going to rise up to kill all white people because of slavery, because uh, what they, the Beatles and, and Charles Manson with his health and skeleton crap scaring the hell out of them, even though the white Republicans don't fear it, because they got guns. They don't, they don't give a damn about some type of race war. They just don't want to have to do it, but they think they can whoop our ass with no problem. So, but the, them, them damn independents, they so goddamn scared that they vote themselves into overtaxed slavery to give us free food and welfare to appease us to not kill them. That's what they're doing. 
So when they see the ultimate black supremacist standing beside the ultimate white racist, both of which is a lie, but when they see us stand together, they say, oh, you mean there's not going to be a race war? That's what they was doing when they was calling my radio station. You mean we're not going to fight? No, you nut. Now vote for Trump. You know you like damn low taxes. You don't want to pay no 91% in taxes like that That stupid nut. Um, uh, I forgot his name now, the, the long white hair, Bernie Sanders. You know, so that's why. I know we're going to win this time. We're going to win by 95% because I'm going to be standing with them the whole time, and we're going to slaughter them. And the black people, don't worry, they only make up 4% of the electorate. But all of them are going to follow us because they know damn well. They know what's right. They don't believe in no gay marriage. They don't believe in all of that uh, regulation and overtaxing and giving away everything. They don't believe in that. We ain't getting nothing out of what these people are doing at the border. You understand? We we want yes. the real Mexicans over here, but we don't want all these damn Aztecs or what I, or should I say MS-13 bastards that come over here and kill even the Mexicans. You understand? We need the yes. wall, and I'm I'm gonna stand with Trump for, on all his policy because all of his policy is just pure and unadulterated logic. You don't even have to try to figure out how it's smart. It's just logical. You understand? You gotta have a wall. Yes. You got a wall to your damn house. You understand? So that's how I feel. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm just taking up so much time. No, 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 no. I love what you're saying. If keep going, if you have another, if you have a, if you want to continue your thought, go ahead. Yeah. Well, see, well, I do have. See, what, what they don't realize is that the way they charge Trump is the way they charge Yahweh Ben Yahweh, the man who told me that the Republicans are our brothers and that we need to stand together. They feared Yahweh Ben Yahweh, the, the independence. The reason they fear him is because he was like Moses. He's a he was he was in the, in the Air Force and he was a tactical trainer and he taught their experts. Even the five star general, when I met him one time while walking with Yahweh Yahweh, he said, "Hold on, Mitchell, how you doing, son?" He said, "Son, do you know who this man is?" I said, "Yes, sir, it's Yahweh Yahweh." He said, "Son, this is one of the military's greatest secrets. He wrote most of the protocols for the military, and he did this and he did that. He went on and on about Yahweh Yahweh, and so." The, the, guess who knows about that? The independence. And why do they fear that? Because Moses had the same kind of ability. They didn't fear the children of Israel. They feared the man who could raise up the children of Israel to fight the Egyptians and kill them all. So they think that Yahweh ben Yahweh is the man that's able to do that. So when they see him, like he stood beside Xavier Suarez, Victor de Uri, and and Arthur Till, all of which was Republicans, they call him an Uncle Tom and everything. Y'all be out to watch me win. Because when the independents see me standing with them, they ain't going to say nothing. they just going to gonna know they don't have to be afraid of no race war, and they're going to go right. this way. Because they watch Yahweh and Yahweh leave the Air Force and then join the Nation of Islam and created a military that is, oh, my God, that's the guy. He's going to kill us. And then when Yahweh and Yahweh disagreed with their notion that all white people was the devil, he left there and created the nation of Yahweh, wherein I came in. And so, and then he started talking about me, how I taught, he taught me all that, it, that he knows, and, and I'm, I am his general and all that stuff. He used to stay in front of the prince. When they, when they arrested Yahweh and Yahweh, they arrested him for some ludicrousy of killing white people and the overthrow of America and sedition, right. which is what Moses did, right, which is what they feared that Jesus could do. Because they, they feared that he was the archangel Michael that was going to kill all the Romans 
and free the Hebrews. They didn't fear the Hebrews. They feared Jesus. They didn't fear the Hebrews. They feared Moses. They didn't fear the Hebrews. They feared Abraham. They feared Daniel. They feared Mordecai. And guess what? Now, Yahweh, they say he died. So I'm supposed to be the one that was his second in command that he ordered me to tell these brothers to do that and to do this. I was found innocent of that. But the independents right. don't want to hear that. That's that black guy right there that can make an army and kill us. And then they see me standing beside Trump. So wait a minute. He's not angry with us. That's what happened last time. Suddenly, blacks for Trump standing next to Trump meant that there was not going to be a race war. The independents showed the Democrats their ass and whipped them without talking. Because the white people are 76% of the electorate. They should never lose an election. But 58% of that 76% is the independent. You understand? Right. So whichever way they go, they win. You understand? So all I got to do is stand there, and my sign said, Blacks for Trump, Gods2.com. And when they went to Gods2.com, the first thing I had on my website is, there will be no race war. Because God said if right. fight time, he's going to kill everybody by fire. You understand? So yeah, no, what they yeah, well, saw. Go ahead. We, we, I'm sorry. I'll, go give ahead. You, I'll give you like 30 seconds, and then I'll, I'll come back to you in a little bit. But we do got to move on to somebody else on the panel. But I'll give you another 30 seconds. Go ahead. Oh, no. I mean, I don't really mean to say. All I'm telling you is when we stand beside the president, you understand? And I want black people to come there and not be afraid to show their face. Because after Betty right. Hitler jumped on me, and said we was uh, Trump's black brown. Denzel Washington, all kind of stars, beat her to death, and she had to apologize. Now all the black people are on our side now. You understand? So this is the yeah. time to stand with the Gentile European, the first European Gentile president since 1944. All those other ones were Canaanites. They were not actually us. You know, Bush was not us. Okay, let me get you. Uh, let, let me get you to understand. They are afraid to death because their food has become their hunter. And now Trump is in. He is the hunter. He is Cyrus, and he's going to put foot up their ass. And he's a conquering lion, and I don't want nobody to try to make him punk out. He's just going to win his election. Right now they're trying to make him go this way and that way. No, just, just let us stand together. The independents are with us. Believe me, they really love what we're talking about. They right. just don't want to die for it. Okay. Right. That's it. I'm finished. And you're doing, and you're doing, you're doing great work too. We really appreciate it. Um, my, and Trump, Trump's Please lucky no. to have I'll you. You're right next. You're right next to him at all the rallies. You're right behind him. Everybody sees you on TV. You're a big star, man. Uh, Mike Peters in New York. Go ahead. No, uh, no. Trump is the star. I'm the little nobody that makes him the greatest because all it takes is for the lowest on the totem pole to be recognized. Oh shit! Sorry. Hold on, Mike. Mike, I, Mike, it got Mike. Your call got. Yeah, what were you saying? Sorry, it, it got disconnected for two seconds. What were you saying? Yeah, no, I no, no. It wasn't Trump. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Trump is the star. I am the nobody that stands beside the great somebody, and when I stand beside him, he gets the moral authority because I am the lowest on the totem pole, and because right. I'm the lowest on the totem pole, they, the Democrats, have no moral authority, no strength. Ocasio Cortez saw me in Washington D.C. and asked me why did I hate her? Because I said I said because you are the devil, serpent, Satan, <laughs> and dragon. 
cameras were there. <laughs> Nobody played nothing. They didn't play it back because there's nothing they could say when I say something like that. To leave you a right. Palestinian. King David whooped your daddy's ass. His name was Goliath. You are no, you are nobody to me. Get the hell out of my face, Satan. That's how I talk to them because they're worthless. You know how your other person you had on the radio the other day trying to talk down Trump? You see how I talk to them? That's how I talk to them. You know why I talk to them like that? Because Trump on the other side talks to them like that. And when the rest of us start talking like that, that's their ass. Yeah, we got. Yeah, exactly. No, you're absolutely right. No, you're right. We got. We got to. We got to hold people accountable. Uh, Mike in New York, go ahead. Now, there's a couple of things that I wanted to say. Quick. First off, I, w- I wish the Trump hadn't said that I'm the chosen one because I know that they're going to take it out. Of, we know they're going to take it out of context. Yeah, yeah, they, we, we knew know that. they're going to use it against us. I knew that was coming right when he said it. Yeah, I knew, but I understood. I understood where he was going. To, and yes. He was the one elected. He was the one that was chosen, and none of the other ones wanted to have the balls to do it. So I, I give him credit for it, and I, and I understand what he was saying, but I knew they were going to do that. I, I just, the minute I heard it, but okay, we get it. Let the media have their fun with it. I'm sure more than enough people were not the only ones that recognize the game that's afoot. But now another thing that's really important, the thing about the recession, the recession, the recession, going back. To, I mean, as soon as he was elected, I started looking up articles going back to right as soon as he was brought in. The media was saying that he's going to destroy the economy. Oh, look, his tax cuts that he's doing, it's going to destroy America. There's going to be a recession. They've been pushing it nonstop. And, you know, as you know, I'm, I'm a collector of World War II, the military. I've collected it for years. Okay, in there, I've got a, a binder with... I have hundreds of propaganda leaflets. Everything from American dropped on Japanese, German dropped on Russians, every type of propaganda you can leaflet you can find. There's one in particular that the Americans dropped on Japan. And what we were doing was we were trying to create a recession. We were trying to help their economy tank by getting the Japanese people to lose confidence in their economy and not put their money in the banks. And to take it out and to hoard it or spend it on supplies, food, or everything else. And it's a note. It's a 10 yen note, a forgery, beautiful forgery of a Japanese bill. But the back of it has a message to the Japanese people telling them to save their money or, or spend it on necessities, commodities that you're going to need in the future. Because goods are becoming scarce because of the air raids. Soon the shops will be unable to open. And to cope, uh, to uh, to cope with these difficult times, we recommend you buy food, clothing. They didn't want the money going into the banks, which would have given the government access to the money to keep the war going and make it easier for the government. So they, they were trying to create a false, a fake recession. And I looked at it and said, wait a minute, we tried that tactic against the Japanese, and it's been done many times in the past. Now, here are the liberals using it on us, using the tactics on us to create a false, a, a sense of insecurity. With the American consumer, with the citizens here, they're praying for a recession. So, and people don't realize it, that we're, we're being played. So anyway, go on. Yeah, I mean, first, first let, let's just face the fact that first it was Russia, then it's been a lot about race, and now it's about the recession. I mean, this is what the liberals, they make up these false narratives. You know, they're calling yep. it the three R's, recession, race, and Russia. You know, it's yep. like Russia and race didn't work, so now they're going to, try and say there's a recession coming. I mean, the things that they do to, you know, lie and slander this president is disgraceful. This media is, is sickening. 
Well, I sent you pictures of that propaganda leaflet. If you want to use it on any of your or your page, copy it off your off your messages that you you know you'll see it in there from the phone, yeah. the chat. Copy the For pictures sure. oh, because yeah, yeah. that's a great tool. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Um, we will be right back with uh, filmmaker uh, Vetti. Uh, very excited to talk to him. Uh, stay with us, everybody. Some weird technical going on again. Give me a second. Give me a second, everybody. Everybody, we are back. Uh, we've been having major technical difficulties. I apologize. We're going to take a quick commercial. Stay with us. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love, like chicken, shrimp, and cheese, just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey, flat iron steak, and the tastiest sizzling street noodles. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday, the home of endless apps. Endless apps every night, 9 p.m. to close.
she's still the one for you. And Cialis for daily use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. Packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. And we are back, coast to coast, worldwide. The Rory Sauter Show, listened to in 25 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you missed any past clips, past episodes, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, visit my media site, thenextgenusa.com. Also remember, next month we will be releasing the new 24-7 network. Many notable names doing their own shows. My good friend, America's toughest sheriff, Joe Arpaio, as well as director of Jihad Watch, Robert Spencer, will be the main faces of the site. Uh, Very excited to share it with all of you. Uh, I do want to welcome to the show a popular filmmaker, award winner, an activist, uh, Vidi, uh, how do I pronounce your name, sir? Sitaram? Uh, Vaid Sitaram. Okay. I'm not award-winning just yet. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so your first time on the show, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know, you know, I know you're doing a lot right now. I know you're doing these, these films, and I know you, uh, you went to UCLA uh, Film School, um, and you've done, you know, you've had – Quite the quite the experience. Tell everybody kind of about your life. Well, I was uh, born in born in Trinidad originally in the, in the Caribbean, but moved to Canada when I was eighteen. And uh, actually, my my uncle had a movie theater, so I was I was always raised uh, in like a, in a movie family, so always getting to see movies for free. But I thought I would go into into fiction. But when I studied at UCLA Extension, um, studied fiction and screenwriting. After a while, I wanted to go in a different direction, and I decided I wanted to go into documentary filmmaking. So I studied at the New York Film Academy, and eventually I wound uh, went back up in I wound up in uh, in, in Canada, uh, Vancouver, where I am now. And I was uh, taking um as, as I was studying my specialized specialized course in documentary filmmaking. For my grad film, this course I was taking, we had to uh, we had to pick a topic. So I stumbled upon. Um, I, I think I, at the time I wanted to do a film about divorce and family court. 
and somehow I stumbled upon a men's rights website, and I've never heard of them before in my whole life. And I, I told, I've told this silly joke about a thousand times. The first thing that went through my head was men's rights. What do they want? More time during the day to download porn? I, I don't get it. And then when I started reading their grievances, I started saying, okay, I think I see what, where, they're, where they're coming from. Their biggest grievance was how men are treated in family court, and a lot of men would work their, work their, their entire lives, they do everything, quote-unquote, right, in that they, <clears throat> they, they support their families, they, um, they support their kids, and then one day there's a divorce, and then they go from seeing their kids seven days a week to six to eight days a month, they lose their house, uh, they lose most of, uh, most of what they, they work for, and they have to, quote-unquote, take it like a man. And that's when I really I, I thought, okay, this is a this is a really meaty topic. And uh, you know, I had some some people in my family growing up as a teen. I heard older cousins they went through a really tough divorce. I had no idea what that meant at the time, but now I'm I'm 45 years old. Uh, I've not been married, and but, but but of course now I have friends who have been married. And I and when I've spoken to them one on one, and they say what a, they tell me what a, a divorce was like. I said, okay, this is a, this is going to be a great film for my a great topic for my first feature length film. That's how I got here. Yeah, well, you you, I mean, it's fascinating because you're you're building something right now and you're creating something that, you know, obviously is a big problem. You know, we we see how the feminist movement has taken over, and it's so alpha male and so anti male, and you know, it, it's. It's it's left out men's rights. You know, men's rights aren't even much of a discussion in today's society. You know, instead we're dealing with bigotry and hate from feminist groups who, you know, essentially want to take over. I mean, they want to be the leading, the leaders. You know, the leaders, and they don't want to let a man be manly. They don't want to respect a man a man's life. You know, they want to they want to be superior. I think that's the best word. Superior. What are your thoughts on all that? Obviously, you're you know, you're, you're you're probably seeing this quite often. Well, uh, it's interesting you say that um, that they expect they don't want a man to be manly, and I think that is the that should be. I think that's the elephant in the room that existed in family court that people don't want to talk about. I mean, let me let me put it this way: it's like in the U.S., about one in six fathers are custodial fathers, just but, but one in six. I think if those statistics apply to mothers, only one in six uh, custodial. One in six, uh, one in six mothers would would be custodial uh, mothers. It is if the shoe on the other foot. Uh, sorry, one in six custodial parents were were moms. If that were the case, and moms would go from seeing their kids seven days a week to six eight days a month, I think mothers and women would be taking the streets marching against it. But mm-hmm. the men, the men just basically take it. They don't at least for a while. They haven't acted up. But now I think. They feel compelled to act up, but the reason why I think they, um, the reason why I think courts expect these guys to suck it up is because they expect these men to be manly. They expect, and what does manly mean? Well, you can sum it up to one word. It's about being stoic, right? A real man sucks it up. When a man goes through pain in, in a divorce, as as everyone will, man or woman, the thinking is, well, come on, he's a man. We expect him to to do what has to be done. Okay, we we expect him to act that way, but we wouldn't say to mothers, well, okay, we expect her to to woman up. We wouldn't say that. Her grievances and her pain is dealt with 
in a way in a way in which you know we should show her compassion and we should show her sensitivity and of course we should but the same compassion and sensitivity is not extended to, to fathers from what I've seen and uh, from what I've seen it's um, I think it can be a potentially really really serious problem when more men uh, or potential fathers especially young men they want to keep marriage at arm's length and they say listen I'll wait I saw what happened to my older brother maybe my dad my uncle Thanks, but no thanks. Right. I mean, what, you know, especially in places, you know, you're in Canada, and obviously, you know, we we see how, especially in that environment and and a lot of the U.S., that, you know, feminism has became a a sick epidemic. I mean, it's it's spreading and spreading and spreading. And the, the most dangerous part of it is the sense of entitlement that it brings. You know, the... And and just the the hostility. I mean, these women, you know, are hypocrites. You know, they say they want to be respected, but then they'll go march in the streets with their clothes off, and you know, they'll do all this crazy stuff that basically contradicts their statement. And I, you know, it's it's like sorry. you can't have it both ways. It's just, it's just ridiculous. Go ahead, though. Sorry. Well, I think part of the problem is. Um, my personal issue with uh, what feminism, and I never ever thought when I read, let's say, men's rights website, that the problem would be with something like uh, feminism. I thought they would just blame the courts. But uh, let's say it's, if I could maybe just distinguish, I think their problem or the problem could be with what's so-called radical feminism. There are many. The problem is there are many different types of feminists. I really don't think the word means that much when you right. talk to ten different people no, as to what feminism is. You're talking like the old school feminists, like there's certain types, because the old school feminists, that actually originated for a good cause, but the new age feminists are radical and hostile. So I know what you mean. There's all different types. Absolutely. I mean, the so-called, let's say, call them the egalitarian feminists, they're the ones who simply say, okay, we want equal opportunity and equal rights. And and that's pretty much it. That's all they want. Then they're the people who want a lot more than that. They want equality across the board. And I've said, well, equality across the board, that would be pretty harsh. There is a reason why, let's say, women, even though, let's say, it's legal for women in the United States to join the military, women are exempt from the draft. Okay? If, if, God forbid, a horrible war broke out in America tomorrow and they had to go to the draft, not a single woman would be drafted. Okay? And that's, that would clearly now, the law, has, there's that inequality with men and women. But for some strange reason, you don't have feminists demanding they be put on the draft equal to men. Why? It's because that would take something away from, they would not have equality of choice, uh, sorry, they would have equality of obligation with men. Okay? Men, you're not, men are not, a, um, men are, well, if you're drafted, of course, you, you will, if you're a man, you will have to go. Otherwise, you could risk prison time. But with women, you have the choice. You can join or you don't join, but you won't be drafted. And, of course, I think that's the reason why women don't want equality at that level. I mean, I, there, there's many feminists who people who label themselves feminists. Might, they might love equality as long as it's equality that works in their favor. Mm-hmm. And, that, uh, and, and the impression I get is that uh, some of those some of those feminists, they, they, are, they are growing. I don't think they necessarily, some feminists do, but I think they are more and more, certainly the loudest feminists, I get the impression they simply want more. They simply want, um, I guess that's, that's, that's the best way to put it, they simply want more. More rights, more privileges, more advantages, any which way they can get it. Not all feminists are like that, but it seems like the loudest ones, uh, the loudest ones seem to be. 
Yeah, and, and what what do you see as the few? I mean, what do you see as you know you you making films in this and you being one of these peop, people that uh, is going after this issue? What do you see as the future of this? Like, what what do you see? I mean, how how do you see this transpiring and, and this kind of playing out? Well, it, there are many different ways you could see it. I think I think if nothing changes, fewer men will marry. It's as simple as that. Even though the divorce rate is actually going down, I think the reason why it's, it seems like it's going down is because less people less people might be marrying now. But it's, I think but I think just as many people are coupling. People are just not walking down the aisle. Yeah, they're they're not right. getting married, but 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 they're still they're still they're living together. So. I think what is likely to happen is, yes, fewer men will get married or they will keep marriage. They will delay marriage, you know, a lot more. They, instead of getting married in their people, uh, men might get married in previous generations, their 20s and later their 30s. Now men are going to wait a little, a little longer, maybe in their 40s. Um, but I, that's one thing I think is, is, is likely to happen. But there's also the, I don't know if you would call this a movement, there's a there are more states now that offer shared parenting as a default position in divorce. And if that spreads and those laws are executed properly, then I think that could be some hope because now in family court, if you, if you're getting divorced, you can go, if you choose to go to family court, you don't want to go to mediation. If you go to family court, obviously it can be a fight and some lawyers can facilitate that fight because they're getting paid huge fees. Lawyers get fat of the system. And some lawyers don't mind drawing out the process because so that they can obviously, you know, make, make more money. But if shared right. parenting is the initial default position, means you start from a 50-50 or virtually 50-50 um, spot. And then if anyone, if you think the other parent does not deserve 50-50 time or shared parenting with, with the kids, you have to, the onus is on you to provide a case to, uh, to, 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 uh, to, to support that. Um, that's possibly a solution, but uh, I think it's about seven or nine states now that have shared parenting laws. But you'll see in time how how effective they are. And I mean, do do you think do you think feminism uh, can play a big part in homes, uh, and in the sense that there'll be more people growing up without fathers, and the the woman will be responsible for. You know, obviously the men not wanting to be, you know, obviously married to them. I mean, I, you know, how do you how do you see this? I mean, it obviously affects the kids in so many different ways. Can you kind of speak on this a little bit? Well, we do we do know now that there are a fair amount of studies that show that when you grow up in a home without a father, there's a higher chances of higher chance of uh, incarceration rates for boys, right. higher chance of uh, higher dropout rates, uh, higher high school dropout rates. Uh, for girls, there's a higher chance of a, of, of teen pregnancy. I mean, it is right. it is, uh, it, it, it is not it is not good. But I think as long as any movement, whether it's uh, whether it's feminism or it's uh, any kind of ism, as long right. as they don't embrace the the fact that two parent households, it's something that maybe we should as a society shoot for for the best to, so that so that our kids have the best outcomes, so that our society is stronger. If they don't respect that. Then chances are not much good is is likely to is is likely to to happen anytime soon. Which is why I I want to do uh, do this film. There's a lot at stake, and of course we we've only shot for this film. We shot about 20% of the footage we need, but we're trying to have we're having a, a Kickstarter campaign where we could raise the funds we need to to finish the film. You go to Kickstarter.com. You type in search for Man Down. 
um, this, there's the uh, the crowdfunding campaign we're having to to finish the film. Yeah, but well, it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's feminism. And tell us about it. Tell us about the film. Well, we've shot about about thirty six, thirty seven hours of footage roughly so far, but a lot of people don't know. You think for a two hour movie that should be enough, but uh, usually when it comes to raw footage. One hour of uh, of raw footage, and when it goes through the editing room, can wind up to about one minute of actual screen time. So there's a, there's a lot of shooting. So we've shot, I mean, a fair amount of about 37 hours of footage so far. This is in in I'm closest in the, I'm on the west coast of Canada, so California was is closest to me. So I've done some shooting in California and also in in Canada. But of course, I'd like to. The the goal is to travel throughout the U.S. and Canada and investigate this system that apparently makes makes lawyers richer families poorer and children scarred for life it's um if it's one thing you will hear people say about the family court system both men and women you could go on there on the, all these uh, facebook uh, facebook uh, group uh, these pages blogs both men and w- women will say that the kids go through the worst and i think if uh, if you want to grow up uh, if you want kids to grow up healthy you know a lot more a better adjusted a better chance for 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 life it's it's important that a divorce it's important that you don't have a a family court system that facilitates a fight because right now the because lawyers do get fat of this system it can easily facilitate a fight yeah no i hear you no, you're you're very well said and you know the you you know the 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 future of our country you know is our youth we need to make sure that they're you know okay and they, and they're all right and they're raised you know with proper values and and you know this negative stuff isn't you know coming in between you know their situation i mean it's a terrible thing you know we we have all these situations of parents who aren't responsible and you know um too much, too much of the of the fighting gets to the kids, and these kids end up with so many different issues. It, it's sad stuff. It really is. Uh, absolutely, I'm uh, I'm actually in a in a men's group here in in Vancouver, and you know everyone's it's a bunch of guys supporting each other. What they're going through, it could be their, their business, um, personal yeah. life, whatever it is. But every once in a while, right. you'll see some you'll hear some some grown men who are still harboring some some really hard feelings over the breakup of their parents that happened, you know, one or two decades ago. It, it is, right. um, it, it's a, it's a horrible situation. It really is. And, uh, you know, I, I love, I love Vancouver, a great city. I used to live there, probably my favorite city uh, in the world. And I've been to a lot of places, uh, uh, amazing place. I mean, it's, I, I love every, everything about it. Uh, it's, you know, it's, such a fantastic um, city. If anybody's never been there, definitely check it out. It's beautiful. It it really is. Um, Let's go to my panel. Uh, Kevin, go ahead. You have have some thoughts? Go ahead. Uh, Absolutely. And uh, I'm just uh, conveying some thoughts that I know that uh, a lot of uh, different countries are dealing with as uh, pertains to your topic of uh, I would say how much drastically society has has changed, and I would say this traditional dynamic of you know, mothers and fathers and uh, just uh, very together households. Um, but uh, this pertains specifically to uh, how are uh, in this modern world that people uh, families are going to be 
uh, intact and together and uh, producing healthy families. And especially in terms of, uh, you know, uh, fertility rates are, are very low across the entire Western world. And it seems that as uh, I would say that the we're getting more uh, liberal and uh, traditional values and traditional lifestyles are decaying. Uh, it also seems that, it, you know, we have more abortion, this uh, fatherless epidemic. You have all these, uh, you know, uh, externalities that are uh, caused because of all this. And um, I, to me, it seems like it's because uh, these uh, traditional kind of values are, are decaying and uh, it's, it's very uh, liberalized our culture. Uh, what do you think about um, uh, that especially? Hello? Oh, yes. Hello? Uh, yeah, my question is, uh, do you think that the traditional values decaying and the liberalization of our culture especially that's causing these problems, or is there uh, even more to it than that? Uh, sure. Well, I guess what has enabled uh, traditional values, it's definitely been, let's say, uh, diluted. I mean, it, it only, could you say decay? Well, there's those people who really believe in it, they still believe in it strongly. What I think is, what I think people should really think about is just because something might be, let's say, traditional, it's been, it's been handed down from generation to generation, that doesn't mean it should be questioned just for the sake of questioning it. It's quite possible things that our parents, grandparents, grand, uh, great-grandparents did that, that was labeled traditional. Maybe it was there for a reason. And the, I think the problem is, you see, when you're not aware of the benefits of certain things, you're, you're quick to, you, can be, you can easily question it. When the, let's say, part of the, the sexual revolution happened in, in, in the 60s and the birth control pill, I think birth control pill was in the, the 50s, it, um, it, it, it changed everything. Now, the, some maybe women or feminist groups said, well, okay, we want to have the freedom to, 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 to let's say, dip into that, that well of let's see what, what sex is like. With the birth control pill, you could keep you know, pregnancy at bay. But then the effect it, it, is, it has had maybe on uh, women having, having more sex, things being a little more, a little more liberal, is now it, I think the ripple effect has now been, well, if I want to leave, I should just leave. It's what I think is best. And it has had an effect on the family. Hard, it's been hard on the family. And I think it's, it's, something, it's something we really, people don't want to talk, talk about. Conservative uh, websites, conservative news, it's perfectly willing to, to talk about it. And I was actually quite, in, initially I didn't get why, let's say, the men's rights movement was labeled as a conservative um, or, or, let's say, right-wing Movement, but then when I saw that they started questioning the feminism, uh, then I said, okay, I, I could see, I could see why. For, for a lot of people, especially people on the left, feminism is something sacred, and the the ripple effect of this is that it's been very easy for the media to cast anyone who wants to question um, so-called uh, what what a woman might want to do, leave, and she should get the kids. That is her right. Anyone who questions that has no respect for women. And the second, some men especially, they see that label put on something, they, they tend to cower. I think if it's one thing men have to consider is that maybe a reason why things are the way they are is because men have remained so relatively passive for, for so long. You haven't really acted up. And, and again, maybe a good reason. A lot of men have a protective instinct when it comes to, to women. So for them to fight back against women feels kind of, kind of wrong 
so they, they tend to, to, to cow and recoil a little bit. But uh, if it's one advice I would give um, maybe men who do want to fight back against the system, don't think that you're fighting back. You're not fighting back against women. First and foremost, you're fighting against a certain type of thinking. I don't know if I answered your question. <laughs> oh, yes, certainly. Thank you for your insights. Uh, Sam Tully, let, let's go to you, Sam. Go ahead. Well, um, you know, in America here, it was obvious to me that it is a moral breakdown of the family and no-fault divorce has made it, particularly here in California, um, very easy to um, just separate from your responsibilities. Now, when, uh, like the gentleman did say, when you had the sexual revolution with the birth control pill, you combine that with removing the Bible from the schools, you combine that with the teachings of people like Dewey and and Freud and uh, telling us that we should be sexually free. Um, This is is just a a progression of what was eventually going to come when you remove the moral foundations that we stood on. And when you have a society with no foundation, then whatever goes, goes. And so now we have a court system that's uh, made up primarily of a bunch of liberal-minded people, people that believe this separation of church and state means that we uh, remove everything from a godly perspective from our thinking and from our judiciary and just come in with man's laws. And this, this is where you get this kind of situation. Uh, for the black family, for example, right now, it's only 25%, roughly a little bit more than 25% intact as a family, which is no family, which is purely a, a genocidal situation. That's where you got gangs and, you know, boys looking for uh, uh, fatherhood in, uh, amongst, amongst a bunch of criminals and girls looking for a man, a bunch of folks who don't, aren't manly. So these things is just a natural progression of a society gone wrong. And um, you even got the mothers when, where women have the right to decide whether they want to have a child or kill a child, and a man has no rights pertaining to that at all, what else can you expect from a society with no foundation? Well, yeah. um, I, I think – sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I want your thoughts, definitely. You're, you're, you're definitely the expert at this. Go ahead. Oh, oh, I can't say I'm an expert, but uh, I think I'm not a particularly uh, religious guy, but what has gotten me, because of uh, because of my research in this in this topic, you're looking at YouTube clips, you know, reading these studies and this and that, uh, it has now, I now see more more conservative clips on, um, on you, like they, they pop up more, you know, YouTube always suggests this and that. And let's say with... Uh, with uh, with abortion, for example, if it's the one thing, let's say men's rights activists, I, I've seen that they've got me to think differently. Is uh, let's say the the aspect of personal responsibility in case of uh, in case of women versus men. This is one aspect. If uh, let's say if let's say uh, it is legal now to have an abortion in in the U.S., but the effect of an abortion that it can allow a woman, it gives her the ability to choose, to, to absolve herself of all the responsibilities of motherhood if she so chooses. That, that is, that is the, the, the effect. But many, let's say, most people on the left, they will not condemn 
a woman who who walks away from the responsibilities of motherhood the same way a man who, for example, he he heard that his girlfriend, okay, she's pregnant, and now she said, okay, I'm I'm two months pregnant. I want you to be the dad. If he says, well, no, I'm not ready. I want to walk away from I want to walk away from all the ob- from all the obligations of fatherhood. He's a bum. We, the society will, will judge him very very quickly. He's supposed to man up and be responsible. Uh, simple as that. But we don't we don't apply the same standard to a woman who uses abortion like it's like it's birth control. If you're a woman and you want to have an abortion, you're not ready to be a mom. We don't say, well, she's just a bum. We say, well, no, that's a choice. She, at least people on the left, that's a choice she just wanted to make in her life. And that definitely would be inequality of choice. But you will hear some feminists say, no, that's different because, well, because the child is growing inside her and not him. So it's, it's her body. Well, that's one way to look at it. Another way to look at it is if you tell her that she, another, another way to look at it is she knew exactly what she was getting involved in when she did lay down. She made a completely informed decision. But it creates a space for, let's say, a woman where she doesn't have to be held responsible for her actions. But if you hold a man responsible for his actions, well, okay, he should, he's a man. We expect him to be responsible. But a woman, no, she should, she should have choices. And it's one of those, um, one of those areas in which when you, when you may be too liberal, it, the, what, it's, a, it's a great question to ask. What, what can be the ripple effects of, of, these, of, of these things? The, 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 the effects of motherhood versus fatherhood. What benefits does, does it have to, 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 to society? It's, uh, it, I, I could go on and on, but it's, uh, it's a fascinating topic. Again, I don't know if I answered your question. Maybe I'm rambling. Very, very well said. Very, very well said. Um, let's go here. Uh, Dwayne, you have any thoughts? Yeah, you know, my, my basic thought is this, and, you know, I'm, I'm going to come from a, like a minister's uh, perspective on this, is that, you know what, it takes two parents to raise a child. Um, and, and I believe, you know, it's, uh, I think there's got to be some form of equality within the right. And I would agree that I, I've seen cases where, you know, it does seem to be like more swayed towards a woman. And, um, I, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, in our country, I think we've started to swing back a little bit towards maybe a little bit more towards the center, but still kind of still towards women more than, more so than men. Um, and as far as the, the abortion perspective, at, at what point, like uh, during the abortion process, is it okay to say this? And, you know, because I'm, I'm actually, uh, you know, pro-life. So, you know, just I'm putting that aside for a second. But in the abortion perspective, um, when is it okay to say at what point does a father step in and say, hey, I have a right to? Uh, absolutely, uh, absolutely agreed. I mean, it's, it's that, um, it's that, it's that do- a double standard that does have me personally. I never thought, of, thought about it before. I mean, small, small concession. Most of my politics, I think personally, I lean more center-left. But the more I investigate this topic, I realize, you know, I, I never heard these, the flip side of the coin because I was never, I was never listening to so-called conservative media. And it has got me, got me thinking, uh, thinking differently. If you're going to tell a man, well, okay, I'm not ready to be a dad, so I want to walk away from that responsibility, he says, well, okay, but I, I really am not ready. Well, no, you should have thought of that before you took it out your pants. 
Well, okay, if you're going to tell him that, what's wrong with telling a woman, well, okay, I, I don't want to be a mom. Well, maybe you should have thought of that before you opened your legs. And that, you yep. say that to, to, to women, that's considered a, that's disrespectful to women. Well, then why are you telling a man, well, if you don't want to be a dad, you should have kept it in your pants. That's not considered offensive to say to a man. There is that, that, that double standard that uh, we should go an extra mile for, to, to, to accommodate women. And again, lack of inequality, certainly not equality of responsibility that doesn't exist there, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, very well said. Um, sir, we really loved having you on tonight. Uh, please tell us where everybody can find your movie and go to your – well, no, you haven't made it yet, obviously, but uh, go to your – is it a Kickstarter campaign that you're – uh, getting it where you're yes, getting it, it funded? Yes. yes, it is. Just just go to kickstarter.com and uh, you can just search for Man Down and it'll uh, it'll pop up. Well, we 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 definitely want to get you back soon. Uh, how how far off is it till it's actually uh, made? How how much longer do you have? Oh, it depends. If if we if the campaign is successful, we could we could shoot the uh, movie. We could have it crank it out maybe within about twelve months. If, if the campaign is successful, but if this Kickstarter is not successful, well, it might take uh, it might take a lot longer. So I encourage people go to go to Kickstarter.com, search for Man Down, and pledge. We only we only get money if we reach our goal. If we don't reach our goal, then we get nothing. Sounds good, my friend. Well, thank you so much. And uh, any social media where people can connect with you on? Sure, you, you just go on Facebook and uh, again search for Man Down. Uh, the full name is Man Down. A closer look at Family Court. If you go on Facebook, search okay. for Man Down, it should pop up, and um, you can just follow follow us there. All righty, sounds good, my friend. We'll be we uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, everybody. Thanks. We're taking so, a quick commercial so break. Me, and, uh, absolutely, my pleasure, my friend. But we're gonna take a quick commercial break, break everybody, and we'll be right back. Stay with us. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love like chicken, shrimp, and cheese just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey, flat iron steak, and the tastiest sizzling street noodles. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday's, the home of endless apps. Endless apps every night, 9 p.m. to close. Would you know what to do in the event of an active shooter, a terrorist attack, or an unforeseen altercation? Whether at home or in the workplace, SkyRace Security can train you and your employees how to defuse a potential violent situation. Our goal at SkyRace Security is to keep our clients safe. With our professional and experienced Israeli Defense Force trainers, we teach strategies for safety that may someday save lives. Sign up at SkyRaceSecurity.com for our workplace violence prevention and training classes or call 240-888-0682. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. 
Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. Is video a part of your strategy for 2019? Hi, I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, your remote video production specialist. Using equipment you already own, I help you deliver high-value videos to your audience. From interviews and demonstrations to online meetings and trainings, I work with you to shape your stories and subjects that demonstrate your subject matter expertise. If you're a product specialist, sales executive, or business owner, we make video production simple and affordable. We do this so that you can make videos on a regular basis, whether it's daily, weekly, or monthly, to communicate about the topics and discussions that are important to you, your audience, and your business. To make your videos, we use HD video conferencing that allows you and your guests to connect to our studio from your home or office using your laptop, phone, or tablet. Once you and your guests have connected to our studio, we do all the rest. We take care of the TV graphics, the intro videos, the outro videos, the music, the behind-the-scenes production. Everything that it takes to either live stream or locally record your video for post-production editing to social media, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. If you're tired of seeing the empty balloon commercials that are being made by your competition's social media experts, give me a call. I work directly with you, the subject matter expert, to help shape your story and ideas in a professional and polished manner via video. If you're ready to take a deep dive on your expertise and showcase the essence of your business via video, give me a call or connect with me online. I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, the remote video production specialist, the doer's resource for online video production. And we are back, the Rory Sodder Show, coast to coast, worldwide, listened to in 25 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes, or any 24-7 breaking news coverage, visit my media site, thenextnexgenusa.com. Also remember... Next month, we will be releasing the new 24-7 network. Many notable names doing their own shows. My good friend, America's Toughest Sheriff, Joe Arpaio, as well as Director of Jihad Watch, Robert Spencer, will be the main faces of the site. And everybody, just uh, to let everybody know, we probably have over 50 uh, notable names doing their own shows. We have a lot of people. Like This is going to be really big. So uh, I can't wait to share it with everybody and uh, get so many different people involved. I mean, we're, we're doing this perfectly um and i will have more announcements so definitely stay tuned uh do i do i do want to welcome here in a second our guest chris bray but first uh dr hennen tell me tell me a little bit about what's been going on lately give us an update how are things going we've been talking a little bit Yep, going going really well. I'll just getting busier by the day. You know, it's like a, as we approach 2020, we are hitting the ground running extremely fast. So, you know, this summer we started out with like a whole bunch of fairs, a whole bunch of meetings, um, having a actually a decent sized fundraiser coming up in October, October 17th. Um, we're having Ricky Rebel come out, um, and wow. you know, if you know Ricky Rebel, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people know. Yep, yep, had had the Donald Trump suit on at the Grammys. Um, he's actually going to have a suit tailor-made that's going to say Dwayne Hennon for Congress um, and going to be signing some albums. Uh, we're going to be uh, auctioning those off at, at this fundraiser. 
Um, so and it's going to be in the Youngstown area. Um, and, you know, we've just been trying to do whatever it takes to win another Republican seat because, you know, we've got to take back the House. And that's our whole thing. You know, we are I'm 100 um, percent all the way with Trump. I'm 100 percent build the wall. I'm 100 percent, you know, whatever his agenda is, that's what works. Yeah. And we know that's where we're hooked up. So we're kind of trying to get hooked in with the Trump campaign in our area, running full steam with him. Um, we had another candidate enter the Republican race, so we've, I've got two other people I'm running against. The weird thing yeah. is that they're both managed by the same person. Uh, so I, I'm running two campaigns against uh, – or, or one campaign against uh, two people that have the same manager managing their campaigns. And I thought that's a little bit strange, but that's okay. Um, not a big deal. I'm pretty confident we'll get the primary done. We'll come out. We'll be going against Tim Ryan. Uh, if, if you're across the country, you know Tim Ryan. He's just not wanting to back out of – he thinks he's the guy for president. Um, well, I'll tell you what, he's not even the guy for Congress. Uh, you know, If you talk to people in our valley, they know it's been failure after failure after failure. So, so we're just fighting against that, and we're saying, hey, you know what, let's push him out and let's get him out. Yeah, and so what, what is your, what's your situation look like in terms of who's running against you? What does the primary look like? What is your, what's your opponent working with? In, in the Democrat uh, situ- situation, what, what is it? What's the picture right now? Um, right now, I'm actually running against a guy that calls himself a liberal Republican. He ran Democrat, but he couldn't win Democrat, so he decided to turn to the Republican side and try to win oh, that Tim way. Oh, Tim Ryan, He's the more guy of a for president, right? Yeah. Well, Tim Ryan is still running for president, but he's going to be coming back out real soon. Um, I'll guarantee you that he'll be back running for Congress. So I uh, will be. He'll be against Tim Ryan in the general. Uh, right now in the primary, I'm facing off with the two, um, and you know the one the one is more of a socialist, probably a little bit further left than Tim Ryan, but calling himself a Republican. The other one, who like I said, is managed by the same person as the other as a socialist, is um, I mean honestly, his website is very similar to what mine looks like. Uh, you know, I've talked to him, met with him personally, and I think it's just a method to try to take away votes from my side so the other guy can win, uh, but that's not going to happen. Uh, we've got too much support growing in this area. Uh, you know, like I said, the primary, I'm very confident in, in winning the primary. Um, I'd probably be surprised. And we're, we're, and we're not, like, taking it by chance. We're, we're uh, you know, we're doing whatever we can to make sure we win. Because um, I think, you know, right now I am the only candidate that's running that would have a chance against Tim Ryan. And I don't think it's just a chance. I think we will take him down for the count, um, you know, get him out of our area. And, you know, we're looking at uh, – bringing jobs back to our area where he says they can't be done. You know, we're already – I'm out in the field right now trying to save jobs that are in our district now where, you know, Tim Ryan's running around the country not even worried about the jobs. So, you know, we're working with local area businesses to try to keep things going where we're at now. And, you know, what What are the – what? obviously you're running on Trump's agenda, but in specifics, in detail, what, what exactly – Tell everybody what what your main priorities are, uh, obviously when you get elected, and then what you're running, what you're working on right now in terms of addressing in your area. Yeah, right. I mean, I would say one of the number one concerns in our area is because you know everyone knows GM Lordstown when they when they pulled right. out of our area that took away thousands yep. of jobs. Uh, one of our things is what what we call upward mobility economically, and that's for every class of person in our area. You know, that's from those that are impoverished to the working class. Um, we're looking at, um, you know, 
we, we actually have a coalition of some businesses as well as uh, even people from the, uh, the, the church communities, um, a community, uh, activist communities, things like that, um, working together to try to put, put together a plan that says, hey, this is how we get jobs to come here. I actually dealt with another company out in Pennsylvania. They already have a blueprint, so we're kind of looking at that and saying, how can we tweak it for our area? Because they're very successful at getting companies to come in. I mean, right. our, our area has such low price for land, such low price for buying some of these old buildings that a company could come across from anywhere in the United States, set up here for a fraction of the cost. That's what they could, right. like where you know wherever they're at. So we're looking at you know bringing jobs here because that's that's a huge concern for people. You know, I think another thing in, in Congress is, is that we have to do, and you know, I, I think Trump already has some things up his sleeves for this, and he's on the right path with it. Is healthcare. Um, we've got to do something that's going to work for the American people. Because under Obamacare, it was just it's a wreck, and we've got right. to kind of get rid of that. Unfortunately, we had John McCain, and that kind of held it held it over for a while. But we'll get we'll get that done this next time. Uh, you know, another thing, our area. Uh, there's two counties in my district: Trumbull County and Mahoning County. They're the number two counties in the state of Ohio for the drug epidemic. You know, drug overdoses. One, number one and number two in our state out of 88 right. counties. So we're, we're looking at, okay, you know, what can we do? And it's like whether it's um, faith-based ministries to, um, you know, the government stepping in, how can we solve this drug epidemic? And I'll tell you what plays a big part in that is the border security, getting the wall finished, getting that, the, the drugs stopped where they're coming in. Because uh, I believe that that solved about 80% of the problem where we're at. And, and, you know, we just need to, you know, and then the, the problem is, okay, now let's get some of these people that are already hooked. Let's get them some answers on how to get unhooked and actually become productive again in society. And, you know, so those are kind of some of the key issues that we're really looking at, you know, and we're already, um, I just had a meeting about two weeks ago with NLMK Steel, and they're actually just over the border into Pennsylvania from where we're at, but they have 750 employees. And a lot of them work right from my district. Um, we're working with NLMK Steel, um, which they agree with the tariffs and everything. Their problem is some of the quotas. So we're trying to work with the Trump administration, try to get some of the quotas reduced because they can't get enough steel from American-made steel companies to, to run their operations. So it's costing them like you know just $150 million a year too much compared to what they were paying. So we're trying to get some quotas changed a little bit for them. So we can keep the jobs here. Otherwise, they go into rolling layoffs come January, and at that point, it's a Russian-based company. They might pull out. That's the talks of it. So we're trying to save, save 750 jobs. Uh, you know, so that you know, they, we're looking at all different aspects of how do we keep jobs, how do we bring more in, and how do we make our economy better here? Because we have like a, a one point. I think it was last I checked, like 1.018 percent GDP in our area. That is terrible. You know, you, you're looking at the country at 3.42, and we're at 1.018. Um, I, 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 you know, that's just not acceptable. And uh, Tim Ryan's sitting there doing nothing about it, and we want to change that. Very well said. And tell people where they can donate to your campaign and all that good stuff. Um, you can actually go right to my website. It's Henning, the number four Ohio 2020.com. And if you look yeah. down on my page, you'll see a, a, a Republican symbol. You click on that Republican symbol, it'll take you right to a donate page. And, you know, like I said, we're going to be going into a couple big uh, fundraisers in our area. 
Um, but that's the key way to do it. And the more support we get, the, the easier we can move this ball down the road. And we're moving it no matter what. Uh, you know, I'm not even looking at money as being an option. We're, we're just going to win this no matter what it takes. So we'll be out on the street. We're knocking on doors. We're doing whatever it takes. We're going to do our part to win. And, you know, when people can help, you know, even, even uh, you know, one, two, three dollars counts. You know, it all adds up. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, my friend. Uh, stick around. Uh, I, I will. I will try to come back to you, and um, okay. I, I do want to. I do want to move on with a few other things, but uh, yeah, we, we definitely got a lot to get into, everybody. Um, I want to introduce to the show uh, Army Vet, a future GOP candidate, NRA advocate, and activist, Chris Bray. Chris, how are you? Hey, Rory. Uh, I'm doing great, and thanks for being uh, allowing me to be on the show. Absolutely, Chris. Well, you've obviously been listening. I'm sorry about the delay, uh, but tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Uh, no problem. Uh, just a little background on myself. Been around for a long time. Uh, I kind of laugh at the media nowadays because I uh, had a, got an undergraduate degree in journalism back in the 80s, and I worked in that field for a while before I joined the military under the Reagan administration when he was rebuilding it. Uh, got out of active duty after Desert Storm. I've worked in the defense industry uh, pretty much my whole life. Uh, right now, I'm a DA civilian uh, at Fort Huachuca, uh, and I've, I'm an avid Trump supporter. You know, the reason, one of the reasons I voted for Trump uh, back in 2016, well, I followed his campaign all the way up, and I was like, this guy's a businessman. He understands this. I've been, yeah, I know you're a businessman. I've been a businessman my whole life. Uh, if you ever want to know about Chris Bray and you want to know whatever happened to your Quiznos sandwiches, just Google Chris Bray and Quiznos and you'll, you'll know the history. I spent 10 years as Quiznos franchisee, uh, before striking out on a more profitable business. But, uh, you know, Trump, everything he does is, is based off smarts and business. I, I fully respect the guy. He does things, uh, people, the media, you know, when I went through school and they trained you to be a journalist, they taught you about integrity. They taught you not to be biased. They taught you to be truthful in your stories. Somewhere in the generation since, that's all been lost. That doesn't exist anymore in the media. And it, it, it pains me to even see some of these stories and these people that call themselves journalists that write about it. Yeah. It's so biased and one-sided. It scares me for the future of this country. Uh, you know, you mentioned a couple things uh, I want to touch on real quick, and I heard some other people mention too. You know, one of the things Trump did uh, that the left media, and even you know, I'm from the state of Texas, uh, voted for Ted Cruz. We had a tough fight down there with Beto O'Rourke. God help us, had he ever won over Ted Cruz? Uh, I met Ted Cruz once. I gave him a tour uh, of one of the facilities when I was working at Fort Hood. Uh, but anyway, uh, Ted Cruz even poo-pooed the idea that Trump was talking about doing tariffs on Mexico if they didn't control the illegal immigration. Well, you, you know, it's like playing poker. Anytime that you're faced with a situation, you, you, you got choices to make, and he knew what the repercussions would be for that, but, but he was playing poker with the Mexican government, and, the, and he won. And people didn't understand that. They don't understand that he does that every day. He just like when he was working with China, he's two and three steps ahead of those people. He's already thought out all the course of action. He surrounded himself by the right people up there. You know, most of us will recall how the liberal media 
was chastising him early on as he was cleaning his cabinet. Well, the guy came into a hornet's nest up there in D.C., and he had to wade through to find out who were the loyal people and who weren't, who was going to support his way of doing business. And he had to virtually clean the deep swamp, and, he, and he's been doing that steadily, and now he surrounded himself with the right people. Uh, and, and so he's got the road set for him. You know, if success in 2020, in my mind, is guaranteed unless the American public continues to drink the Democratic Kool-Aid, and, and Lord help us all if, if they do. You know, I, I'm happy to see, you know, you and I are both on, on Twitter pretty regularly. I'm happy to see all the liberals and, uh, and the converts coming over from the Democratic Party that are joining him along the way. Another subject you touched on that I want to touch on briefly, briefly, you mentioned the Space Academy. I'll tell you a little story. Last summer, I spent three months up in Colorado Springs on a developmental assignment uh, with the Space and Missile Defense Command. I didn't know anything about this, but I wanted to go and learn, and my, uh, my position allowed me to do that. And I'm now officially a space cadet because I, I graduated from that academy, two-week course. I'll tell you what, hardest course I've ever taken in my life. Uh, so kudos to the Space and Missile Defense Command. But I understood after completing that course the need for the Space, academy, or for the space Force and matter of fact, while I was there at that course, it was funny. I was going into McDonald's on Patterson Air Force Base, and on that very day, they had the TV on in the McDonald's, and Trump was announcing this idea for the Space Force. I said, oh, man, that's a great idea. That's something exact. And here was an old guy who was in line who was poo-pooing Trump. Oh, that's stupid. We don't need that. And I, I looked at him, and I said, you have no clue as to what you're even talking about. You know, because I was going through the course then. I learned more about satellites and, and space orbits and the race for space by all countries, particularly China, particularly Russia. And if they beat us there, I mean, we're all there in some form or fashion. But if we don't get organized there, they will have an advantage over us that we don't want them to have. And that people don't recognize, you know, I learned all about, you know, this was a classified class, so I'm not going to talk too much about it, but, but how we intercept uh, ballistic missiles and all those types of things, how that actually takes place. Uh, that effort is split out between the Army and the Air Force. So having a consolidated agency is going to make America stronger. Trump understands that, and he surrounded himself with the right people that taught him about that, because I'm sure he didn't come into – uh, the presidency knowing about the situation with the with the space force, but it is something that we need to do. It's it's just a given. And all the other yeah. things. One of your gentlemen that you had on earlier, I didn't catch his name, but a really really bright guy was talking. And I hate to jump and change topics, but he was talking about you know race war and and this kind of thing. I don't see in the future, you know, and he was saying I think the same thing that a race war will occur. If we ever have another war in America among ourselves, it's going to be about ideology. It's going to be about the left and the right because we are getting – that is what is dividing us right now in this country is the ideology. You know, Hollywood, as far as I'm concerned, California is, is, the, is the base of, one, of the leftist ideology and, and pretty much the rest of the country 
is is on the right, and I hope hope in 2020 that's polls. Uh, I'm counting on that. But uh, you know, I think until the Democrats really started talking about race in this country, race was a dying issue. And now, anytime Trump says anything, he's a racist. That's that's just the popular word now for the Democrats because they don't have any solution to him. And another thing I want to touch on that you briefly mentioned about a recession. I've been invested in the stock market for over 30 years, and I've lived through all the ups and downs in the stock market. And I can I can tell you, sit here and quote you the years that they happened, and and what I did to prepare for them because a lot of times they're they're somewhat predictable. But at the end of the day, the stock market, and particularly today, it's more about emotions. It's about confidence in the economy and where the country's going. And you know, somebody used the example earlier about the how we tried to induce a recession in Japan back during World War II. It's the same thing. You're trying to either convince people to sit on their money and don't invest in the business or go out and spend it and hire people and, and create wealth and create jobs. You know, and I'm I'm of the of the latter. I'm all about creating jobs and, and investing and, and promoting the economy right now. And I think we're still going in the right direction. I personally don't see a recession on the horizon unless it's induced by fear itself. And that's what I think the media is trying to do because they know right. they can't beat Trump in 2020 unless they create a fear situation. And, and like and, I said, you know, you know, like I said, you know, it, it's like the three R's. Russia didn't work. Race didn't work. So now they're going to recession to try to, you know, try to yeah, sabotage. Yeah. That's, it's, it's sick. Trying to induce a recession. That is the most ridiculous thing. And then, yeah. you know, they'll blame the recession on Trump and on his policies. When his policies, he's right. He's so smart about China. That's Anybody who does any research on the Internet can go and see that our trade imbalance with China is huge. I, I read an article about it a, a while back. You know, we buy about $60 billion worth of goods from them annually. Uh, they buy – or excuse me, we buy $540 billion from them. They buy about $60 billion from us. So putting tariffs on them hurts them far more than it does us. Oh, yeah. Far oh, yeah. more. Their, and their they know economy, it. Yeah, their economy has lost millions of jobs since the tariffs. They are, they are having the worst year in like 30 or 40 years. I mean, it's really bad for them. So Trump's holding them accountable. And I've always said on this show, China needs us more than we need them. They do, you know, they, they make so much money in the United States on their products. Absolutely they do because they've got a a political system where they need to keep their people under control and the only way they do right. that and prevent the protests is to provide jobs. You know, it's the same situation yeah. when we went into Iraq when we invaded. Yeah. It, you know, I wor- worked over there. We were trying to reemploy all the insurgents that were out setting bombs. Well, if you can get them to work, then they don't have time right. to set bombs and and stop right. the government you're trying to create. Right, no, you're, you're absolutely right. We, yeah, we do. We do have a few minutes. I, you know, I do apologize. I wanted to, to get you on for a long time tonight, but I will get you on next week uh, to make up for that. But obviously, I want to talk to you for about a minute more. I uh, just want to get your thoughts on a few things. Obviously, what what I was going to ask. What was I going to ask you? I was going to ask you. What do you what do you think of this whole Epstein thing? 
Very odd, right? There's uh, more reports that came out today. Uh, I was odd, go- odd. Eerily odd. And and I used to have a tape, and I've got to dig it out of my closet somewhere. It was a VHS tape that I'd love to have converted to DVD. It was yeah. made back in the late 80s, early 90s. I've forgotten right. where I got it from. But it talked about all the things Clinton had done as governor and and allegedly drugs that were imported and murders that were committed and, and a whole yeah. litany of things. Uh so it wouldn't surprise me one bit based on the whole Russian collusion thing, which I knew was a scam from the start, that yeah. you know, there were some crooked deep state actors into his involved in his death. It would not surprise Absolutely. me one bit. That is not implausible. Absolutely. And we def we definitely gotta get more into this next week when we got more time. Uh, I do wanna bring you on next week, like I said. Uh, we only have about a few minutes left, so I do got to start wrapping up. But um, please tell everybody where they can connect with you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at BrayC2. That's that's the the easiest way. And that's – okay, perfect, perfect. Um, we'll have you on probably Monday or Tuesday, uh, and uh, we'll definitely talk more. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thanks a lot, Roy. Absolutely. Uh, Sam, tell everybody where they can find you. Well, you can find me at Facebook at Samuel Tolley, T-O-L-L-E-Y, or Twitter at Samuel Tolley. And uh, I'm also on YouTube under the same name. Sounds good, my friend. Always a pleasure. Thank um, you. Kevin, go ahead. Uh, yes, you can find me on social media at Nationalist United or NationalistUnited.com. We covered a lot of great things. Can't wait for Tuesday uh, Monday show. All right. All right, sounds good, Kevin. Have a good weekend, my friend. Mike, go ahead. Your thought, your thoughts, and then tell everybody where they can connect with you. Guys, I just wanted to thank you for having me on. It was a great uh, show. Again, very, very interesting. We covered a lot of fantastic topics, and uh, I look forward to hearing Mr. Bray again. Uh, and uh, wish him luck uh, with the you know, with all of his endeavors, and hopefully we'll see him next week. And you could see me here with you. Great to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Always a pleasure. Uh, Dr. Hennon, go ahead. Tell everybody where they can connect with you. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at DRD Hennon or uh, on Facebook, just Dwayne Hennon. Um, you can also go to my website, um, Hennon4Ohio2020.com. And, uh, you know, I, I appreciate you having me on, Rory. Uh, always a pleasure to come on. Uh, anytime you need me, just let me know. Yeah, we'll definitely we'll, – we'll start making you a weekly regular because um, you, you definitely fit well with the show, and uh, we always love your insight. All right, I appreciate it. All right, sounds good. Talk to you soon, my friend. Have a good weekend. All right, thank you. Great show tonight, everybody. Really, uh, really fantastic. A uh, few things I want to mention. Um, President Trump has canceled federal uh, debt, student debt for wounded warriors. Big, big situation. Very happy about that. Um, let's see here. Border crossings are still bad. We have 200 illegals that were apprehended at the New Mexico border just yesterday. Need to get a be- we're we're going to get control on it, though. It's getting better and better and more secure. And uh, obviously this stuff is going to happen, but 
it's not as chaotic as it once was. Um, the DHS issues regulation closing the catch and release loophole. We are we are ending that. Uh, a poll has came out. 63% of voters expect a Trump victory in 2020. So that's huge. Um, now this is crazy, and we're going to get more into this next week. But Epstein details. Uh, the the creator of The Simpsons apparently was involved with these underage girls. This is from a new report today. This is mind-blowing. And also, Prince Andrew, the pilot confirmed that Prince Andrew was on the flight with Epstein. Insane, insane stuff going on, everybody. Sick, sick stuff. We have a lot more to get into next week. Uh, Facebook released a bullshit uh, bias report today showing that they're not biased at all. But guess who they hired? Eric Holder's law firm. Of course it's going to come out with nonsense. We'll talk more about that next week, though. We are out of time. i got to go. Walks out. Uh, timer is uh, to zero. So, everybody, I'm, have a great weekend. I want to thank all my sponsors, audience, guests, and co-hosts. You're all incredible. I'm Rory Sauter. Mega, mega, mega. Have a great weekend, everybody. God bless. Much love. Cheers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.